Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. The school year officially began today for Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, as well as its uh, new superintendent. Um, We just went through a school board meeting the other night. Uh, Last week, I gave you all of the sound bites from that uh, from that meeting where they adopted the uh, Parents' Bill of Rights. It's a new state law that took effect, and a lot of people were very, very upset that parents would be, you know, brought into uh, these uh, health decisions that their uh, that their children are looking to make on their own with the approval of the school district. Very, very angry that parents are going to be involved in that sort of thing. Um, and uh, there is also now this uh, lawsuit that the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School District has engaged in with social media companies, Facebook. And look, maybe this is just a shakedown for a bunch of money, right? That's possible. Uh, Maybe they're looking for a revenue stream that they can get access to to pay for counselors or therapists or or that sort of thing. That's possible. Um, But the arguments that they lay out in the 184-page complaint accuses... Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, uh, not Twitter, though, but all of those others. It accuses them of a long list of problems, of creating a long list of problems among students. And according to the Charlotte Ledger story on this uh, complaint, uh, those problems include addictive behaviors, anxiety, depression, and eating disorders. The platforms have created a public health crisis, they say, leading CMS to spend significant and unexpected levels of time and resources on addressing the pervasiveness of social media addiction. There's been a surge in the proportion of youth in the community, in CMS's community, who say they cannot stop or control their anxiety. They feel so sad and hopeless that they stop doing the activities they used to love that they're considering suicide. With the suit, CMS joins a wave of school systems across the country trying to hold the social media giants accountable in court, including the Fort Mill School District as well as Clover School District in South Carolina. The first suit was filed in January by Seattle Public Schools, and so far more than 200 other districts nationwide have jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, Hang on, I got a message here from Andy who says, App-based games are not addictive, Pete. I will explain why after I finish my Wordle and Quartle puzzles. You know, the problem could have been averted if Farmville had been sued. That's that's fair. That's a, yeah, it's a different kind of addiction. Um, Mark says, Pete, they just need to sue the teachers union. <laughs> uh, let me see here. This is, uh, oh, Russ 
says, I don't know, Pete, it seems pretty clear to me the only possible solutions in the transgender discussion are chemical sterility, extreme experimental surgical procedures, and lifelong uh, hormone subscriptions or suicide. No other options for us to to consider. Right. That's it. I don't know why there would be any other options. Those are the only choices. You either have all of these bad things or this one other bad thing. So the choice is obvious. This is the false choice that is offered up by the emotional blackmailers who are saying, oh, well, would you rather have a trans son or daughter or a dead daughter or son? That's how they frame this. And so it prompts parents to go along with whatever is being recommended. The affirmation course. I went over this a couple of days ago. The Dutch protocol, the Europeans that have been farther down this pathway than America. And now they are reversing course. They're now adopting things that would have them labeled right-wingers and cultural warriors in the American press. Back to the Charlotte Ledger story. Legal experts have said that it will be difficult for schools to prove in court that they have been directly harmed by social media. But the suits could help pressure the social media companies to make changes. Such as what? Such as what? I don't know. The suit says that the social media companies have harmed CMS by contributing to disruptive conduct among students, such as students filming or taking photos of other students without their permission and posting videos or photos on social media. So is that really the fault of the platforms that allow photos to be posted or videos to be posted or is that is that a function of the camera being a part of the phone as a result students cannot concentrate on schoolwork because of distraction from addiction to the platforms and from anxiety from being bullied and harassed online As a result, administrators and teachers cannot focus on educating. Rather, they spend more and more time investigating and resolving disciplinary issues tied to defendants' platforms and fielding complaints from students and parents alike. So, uh, why do you even allow the the kids to have the, the smartphones at this point? Why even allow them in schools? When you walk in, I'm saying Faraday cages, put the kids in. No, I'm kidding. Not the kids, but you put the, (laughs) no, you put the, you put your devices in. You don't get to have them. That's like, to me, that's the way you get at this. Oh, but Pete, what about in the case of an emergency? Put didn't there used to be a phone in all of the classrooms? Right. I remember that there was a, there was an intercom or there was a phone in every class. It was hardwired right into the wall. And so if there's anything that the teacher needed, they got a call down to the office, they would get on that little intercom or the phone and they would just buzz on down. Uh, Let me go over here and get Ernest on. Hello, Ernest. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Hey, um, I'm sorry. I switched the thing. The, uh, The doctor who said that 13 and 14-year-olds are making a decision to kill themselves. Yeah, unfortunately they are. 
But if we know they're going to do that, we also stop them from doing it. That's the most asinine thing I think I've heard any doctor say. <laughs> yeah, they do. And we say, no, you can't do that. Right. Because they're freaking 13 and 14 years old. They don't understand what the heck they're doing. And the doctors like this, they need to have their dead burn license revoked. This is crazy. I would like to believe that there comes a point in the future where these doctors, and hopefully the not-too-distant future, where doctors like this do face, uh, do face punishments. Um, I, would, I, I would like to believe that. I don't know, uh, just considering the historical precedent that we've seen with like lobotomies and eugenics and, that's, and forced ster- uh, sterilization. So I'm not sure if it's going to be sooner rather than later, but I'd like to think that there comes a point where people look at this and say, this is barbarism, what was going on. Well, I, I, I tell you, if a doctor told my child that, and my children are grown, but if one of them told, me, told my son or daughter that, me and that doctor would have a, a big issue. And yeah. He wouldn't have to worry, or she wouldn't have to worry about uh, the, the uh, medical board. Yeah, uh, Ernest. Yeah, no, I appreciate the call, Ernest. Um, it's this is the um, this is the emotional blackmail used to prop up a particular uh, preferred course of action, right? They, there is a preferred course of action here, and they do not want any deviation from that course. And so, rather than uh, addressing the concerns that are raised, like, hey, why would you allow a 12-year-old to make these life-changing decisions? Like, for example, would you allow a 12-year-old uh, to say, you know what, uh, I want to have breast implants put in, and I want th- I want huge breast implants. Would you allow the 12-year-old to be able to do that? Would you allow a 12-year, uh, 12-year-old or 13-year-old to get facial tattoos? No? Why not? Is it because they may not be able to discern long-term impacts from their short-term desires and decisions all right now you've heard me talk about them old grouches military surplus they're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic u.s military surplus items go to oldgrouch.com check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop unique really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles tim at old grouches is always finding new stuff when i started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic my first advertiser was old grouches if you enjoy the show and derive any value from it i'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. We're talking about the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School District suing social media companies uh, in a 184-page complaint. Uh, They allege that these platforms have caused all sorts of problems among students, addictive behaviors, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, all sorts of things like social contagion, except for one kind, obviously. Um, And they are not the only local district to do so. Fort Mill and Clover are also in on this action. Um, And uh, the superintendent of Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools, Crystal Hill, said the district's no-cell-phone policy, which already exists, will be enforced at a district level this year. Students will not be allowed to use their cell phones during instructional time, but that principals can decide whether students can use them during lunch periods or free time. I, I do not know why. I don't know why. Kids were able to make it an entire day without a cell phone as recently as like five years ago. 
So uh, I'm not sure why they got to have the fix every single day at lunch or free time or whatever. Do something else. Oh, B, but you don't do it. I'm an adult. There are different rules for me. All right. Um, let me go over here to Shane. Hello, Shane. Welcome to the program. What's going on? Oh, no much, buddy. I appreciate you taking my call. I was just sure. pretty intrigued with the conversation about this whole blaming the Internet for all the children that are now corrupted so bad because their parents allowed them to play on their cell phones when they were five. But, uh, yeah, this whole thing with talking about children, man, Dr. Kevorkian was supposed to be some crazy dude a long time ago that uh, back in the mid-'90s, late-'90s, that mm-hmm. actually helped human beings with Lou Gehrig's disease, <clears throat> such as a gentleman named Mr. Thomas Uke that was 52 years old in Oakland, California. Guy needed some help. And he helped him, but now... Well, he, well, let's finish that. Hang on, Shane. Let's, let, let's finish that sentence. He helped him kill himself. That's what well, right, he, Kevorkian he did. He would help people... Gentlemen, well, the gentleman had Lou Gehrig's disease. I understand that. To pass away. No, I, I, I understand that, but that's what Dr. Kevorkian was doing, was that he created yes, the quote... He was assisting people that were right. passing, yes, sir, correct. Yeah, yeah. It's not the best thing in the world, by no means. Nobody plays God, except God. But it's very unfortunate that these children can be 10, 12 years old, and as I decide that they want to castrate themselves or remove their um, parts that the good Lord had given them. And these people get to do it legally and get paid by the insurance from the taxpayers. Well, that is part of the fight. Yeah, I mean, that is part of the fight right now as to, uh, as to what is covered, what is not, what's paid yeah. for, what is not. There's, uh, and there are different rules and stuff uh, depending on what you're looking at. But, yeah, this is the fight. And more and more, this is getting covered under different payments. And this is why, look, there's a reason why Planned Parenthood has gotten into this area with the hormone blockers and uh, the, the replacement therapies and stuff is because there's a lot of money to be made at it. Yes, sir, and that's the bad part is is everybody's out for the dollar, and they don't care about their fellow human being that's standing beside them, that they could maybe spend a little bit of time personally putting their hand out, give them a hug, tell them, man, everybody loves you, God loves you. And well, we'd just rather put them on the damn telephone and let them, and let them play on a cell phone and, yeah. and not understand that uh, there's a lot more avenues out there in this world today other than just, like, completely forgetting about everybody but yeah that's the biggest thing is it just really bothers me that everybody wants to talk about how much they care about people but mr kevorkian was a was the devil which in a lot of sentences he was well yeah the slippery slope this was a humane thought well, no, and I get it. I, you know, Shane, I appreciate the call. I got to run to the newscast here, but look at what, I mean, you can look at what the, the slippery slope where it ends. It's up in Canada and you got now people that are uh, killing themselves because they're depressed. Um, and, and that was always the concern with that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, to the point of, uh, telling these kids that the only path forward is, is the surgeries and, and hormone treatments and the like, what you're telling kids by saying that is that, they are somehow inherently flawed, that they're wrong, that their body is wrong. That And and that, to me, you're sending the same message. You're sending the exact same message that there's something wrong with them. And there isn't. There isn't anything wrong with them. Most of the kids will grow out of this phase. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. 
food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools joining into a lawsuit. They are now like 200, there are over 200 school districts that are suing social media companies over their products that they say, the districts say, have made it more difficult for the districts to teach kids, uh, for the kids to be ready to learn, to learn anything at all. Uh, they are distracted, they're addicted, they have behavioral problems, their academics are suffering. All of these, uh, these problems that the districts say are tied to the social media platforms themselves. To which I would say, well, just ban the phones, right? Just get rid of the, the phones in the schools. If it's this big of a health problem, it's this big of an academic and behavioral problem, just ban the phones from the classroom. Well, but no, we need to have them have the phones in case of a school shooting. Well, don't you have the phones that are attached to the wall, right? We have those, we have intercoms. Why not just use that? Hello, Bob. Welcome to the program. What's going on, Bob? Hey, Pete, I'm on my walk, and I know I sound terrific anyway, but it might sound a little winded, so I apologize for that. Wait, but, Bob, hang on, Bob, Bob. You're always on your walk when you call this time, during this time. Well, you know, it's kind of a confluence of events. That's when your show's on. That's when my walk's going on. Right. And that's when I feel compelled to call. Okay. I walk eight miles every day. Wow. No that's, days off. That's awesome. That is awesome. Good for you. All right, so what's going on? We will pardon the uh, the windedness. All right. Thank you for that. These tech companies, saying that they create addicting products, they create compelling products, not addictive products. It's not like, you know, people go into cold sweats if they don't have them. You know, we've abdicated the raising of our children. We're going to blame it. We're going to blame it on the tech companies because they're unfocused and misguided during their high school time. In, in Chicago, they are suing Hyundai and Kia because the cars are too, quote-unquote, stealable. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, the technology is important. We should, we should encourage the technology, not ban it, it, because you can always use technology for nefarious purposes. I remember... All I wanted for Christmas in my senior year was a calculator. Added, subtracted, multiplied, divided, percent key, 75 bucks. But my parents, to their credit, they made it happen. It was way over the budget, but you could use it for nefarious things. I could, like, enter 80085, and it looked like it said boobs. Oh, my gosh. You could also write hell and turn it upside down. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't going to go there because that was a very dark part of my childhood. So, uh, but, yeah, but hang on, but Bob, surely, I mean, I got to ask first off, do you do you play any video games? Do you get on to to use any of these products? Uh, I I do. I play, you know, I play like old guy games. I play words with friends and I play 
Candy Crush, which the oh. these days have moved on from long ago. Yeah, long yeah. Ago. Right. Well, that's how you know that the games have jumped the shark is when the old people start playing them. Um, but uh, like all things social media. But uh, look, there is there is uh, research that that makes this connection between the because the 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 web developer or or the developers I should say of these games they employ sociologists psychiatrists you know brain expert people they bring them in and they they use those people uh, and their expertise in order to design games to be addictive well no not to be addictive to be mm-hmm. compelling so no, does, no, no. so does Kellogg so does Hershey so does Chevrolet, they mm-hmm. all do that. They want as many people desiring that product as possible. Right. And if, the, if, if our children don't have parents that will help protect them from other people's interests, then, you know, what do we do? Do we, do we, do we pay, have the uh, tech companies pay to nanny our, our children? Well, no, that's what we're paying the uh, school districts for. Yeah, really. Well, <laughs> I, uh, you know, in in lieu of pay for today's comments, can I just give you a link to my MySpace page? Okay, there you go, Bob. I appreciate the call. All right, thank you. Um, look, I I understand the yes, they do create compelling content. Absolutely. I will tell you though, I have run into this personally. There was there was one video game and I loved it and I've never had this experience with any other video game that I've ever played and I, I've played video games since my twenty well actually since I mean I, Gen X I grew up with you know Super Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong and we were playing the games on the uh, at, you know at the arcade uh, then the, with the home console systems and such there was only one game in my entire life that I've ever played that actually affected me in a negative way. Which was, and I'm going to say, and people are going to think I'm crazy. Um, Skyrim. It's a game by Bethesda. And uh, it's a uh, game developer. They've done Fallout. I've played the Fallout series. No problem with that. Played all of the other Elder Scrolls related games. Skyrim being one of them. Never had any problems with it. But that one game, for some reason, I would wake up in the middle of the night. And I would find myself standing on my bed and having just come out of some sort of a a dream slash nightmare that was induced by the playing of the game. And when I quit playing the game, never had it happen again. But it happened a couple times. Like to the point where like I would be I would wake up and Christy would be saying, Pete, Pete, wake up, wake up. It wasn't like I was in a cold sweat or anything. It just, there was something about that game and the way you proceeded through the game where you're like going through caves and stuff and there are monsters that jump out at you, that kind of jump scare stuff. But again, I played all these other games over the course of my life that had similar mechanics, never had that problem. But that one game I did. And when I stopped playing it, it never happened again, has never happened since. So there is something going on there. There is a connection. And I know it. If I play, uh, when I was younger and I played a lot more, and then I would stop, I would get agitated by not playing. There would be an agitation that I would feel. So like, I can tell you firsthand, this stuff, this, this, uh, this 
this brain activity that that is connected to the digital stuff, the game stuff, it does exist. So, um, anyway, that's my personal experience with it. I uh, got a message here from David who says, Bob is right. I work at a Hyundai dealer. I show a million thugs how to steal a car. Uh, uh, show a million thugs how to steal a car, and it will happen. <laughs> you know, that's true. You put it out on the YouTube. So, every time one of his classmates gets a smartphone, Jet Rogers thinks to himself, there goes another one. It kind of feels like I've lost a friend. Whenever I'm with them, they're zoned out and always on their phone. But Rogers, a middle schooler in Salt Lake City, says that he still can't shake the desire to join the club. Six months ago, the only other holdout in his 30-strong group of friends got an iPhone. So making him the last one. He says, it kind of made me feel left out and jealous. But later... I don't want one because I know what happens. He says kids in the hallways now bump into each other with everyone staring down at their phones. Teachers have started giving up on the school's no-phone policy, knowing students hide their devices up their hoodie sleeves and pull them out as soon as nobody's looking. At lunch hour, everybody eats alone, scrolling TikTok while they chew. At age 13, Jet is part of a small but growing minority group of holdouts. By age 12... Seven out of ten American kids own a smartphone. They also spend about eight hours online a day, inhaling TikTok trends, toggling between texts, and turning their daily lives into Snapchat and Instagram content. Most will have seen porn by age 12, with three and four teenage boys saying they watch adult content at least once a week. Meanwhile, a growing body of research shows that smartphones are at least partly to blame for skyrocketing rates of teenage, uh, teenage anxiety and depression. As author Jonathan Haidt, reporting on a recent worldwide study on smartphone use among 28,000 youths, put it, quote, The younger the age of getting the first smartphone, the worse the mental health the young adult reports today. For years, the risks have been clear as day among Silicon Valley's brightest minds, including Bill Gates and Google's Sundar Pichai, who famously kept smartphones away from their own kids. Steve Jobs, who limited his children's screen time altogether. But it has taken the COVID-19 pandemic for ordinary Americans to come to the same conclusion. Their kids have become dependent on their phones, and their schoolwork suffered as a result. This year, an increasing number of school districts in Ohio, Maryland, Colorado, and other states have banned the devices in class. And in July, the state of Florida enforced a new phone fatwa, a phone fatwa, barring their use during instructional time at all public schools. Now, there are... Um, some alternatives. There's one called Gab Wireless, which is internet-free smartphones. Uh, they started like 150 bucks, uh, so you can text, you can call, uh, and there's a GPS tracker for the parents. You can call them dumb phones, I guess. Um, but they don't get onto the uh, to the apps. There is also the uh, the campaign. There's a nonprofit called Wait Until Eighth where you sign a pledge to keep smartphones away from your kids until 8th grade, for example. Um, one kid in this story, by the way, this is from uh, the free press, thefp.com, by uh, Olivia Reingold. And she has a quote from uh, 
A parent who says, my biggest fear is that they grow up to be slaves to an addiction. Are you the master of the technology, or is it the master of you? They don't realize they have a problem, even though they're on their device for 18 hours a day and flunking out of school, because most addicts don't see their addiction as a problem when they're in the middle of it. I don't know. It's a brave new world, folks. CMS might be right on this. (laughs) 